Hello everyone. Hope you all been peaceful during the past week in Christ Jesus. You are listening to Revelation Bible Study from Last Days Ministry here at WGM Church. Now before we continue with today's study, let's begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth in noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. We are continuing with Revelation Bible study. Uh, This is number six. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. By reading the letters to the seven churches, it will be a blessing both personally and as a church. When you know the church history of past 2,000 years and the types of churches that are present now, and which type of church that we belong to, and finally realizing and accepting the praises and rebukes of the Lord. Last time we learned about the fourth church, the Church of Sardis which is from year 1000 to 1500 AD. Sardis means the red ones. And you can see that the blood trails covered by the blood of martyrs. Within the 500 years of its bloody history, for example, there were the Huguenot Massacre and the uh, St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. We can remember that a missionary like Wycliffe in particular, was martyred for the word of God. And then his remains were taken out of the tomb and was burned again. But through his name, the word of God are still printed to this day and spread throughout the world, creating a marvelous work of gospel entering and uncivilized nations without the Bible, bearing witness to the gospel of God. Because the blood of these servants of God is the blood seed 
of life, we are able to historically confirm and realize that the more saints were martyred, the number of the children of God increased. Through the Church of Sardis, we can ask ourselves, what kind of church are the present-day churches? Is it a decaying, dying church? We need to understand the situation where only a few people are still lively and preach the gospel. If we are all members of the church, the church of God, and the members of the body of Christ, we must become as such where the body of the Lord becomes healthy because everyone moves automatically according to the command of the Lord, which is the head. A healthy church is supposed to go and preach the gospel. It is to become a fisher of men. The church is the life-saving line of salvation in this dark, dying world. This is what a healthy church is all about. You don't have to know a lot of the scriptures or pray a lot. Now you just have to go out and preach the gospel. And only when you uh, testify the gospel can you become a healthy church. Just as a runner is healthy, so should we go out and run to preach the gospel. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Who awaits the coming of the Lord? Who awaits the day of the rapture, the day of Christ? Only those who have testified of Christ, those who deny the things of this world and take up the cross to bear witness of Christ, hope for the coming of Christ. Therefore, no cross, no crown. Without the cross, there is no crown. We are to bear our cross now, while we are living on this earth, then wear the crown when the Lord comes. Therefore, we should be able to discern the times and understand where we currently stand. So far, we've read up to chapter 3, verse 1. Let us continue with verses 2 and 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. This is the word of our Lord. These are the words of the Lord who comes as the Lord of judgment, burning everything in his path with steps of pillars of fire, and his eyes like flame of fire. We should never allow this word go in one ear and out the other. Repent, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as thief. You won't know when he's coming. If you don't repent and stay awake. 
the Apostle Paul also said, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. All his life goals were set for the day of Christ, the day of the rapture. How will I meet the Lord on the day of Christ? An old American pastor once said, The way to live wisely is to set the age you want to live in advance and look back at your life. Then the answer should be, I had to live like this, and I just have to live as it is. As Christians, we should set our life goal on the day of Christ and think about how we should live so that we are not found shameful in front of the Lord when He comes for us. This verse is linked to Revelation 16 verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Back when the people of Israel were stubborn and unrepentant, God commanded prophet Isaiah to run around naked for many years. No one understood this being the spiritually naked state of Israel. It's still the same today. Are we awake, not walking around naked? We all should be clothed with Christ and in righteousness. However, those who have not yet become sanctified show their shame by walking around naked. When I'm out street preaching, it's quite disheartening to hear people will not believe in Jesus, not believe in Jesus Christ because of the fake so-called Christians. Now is the time to open our eyes and put some eye drops to clearly see whether I am naked or clothed in righteousness. Also the Lord told his disciples in advance, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Apostle Peter warned about scoffers in the end times. Where is the promise of the Lord coming? Haven't all things in this heaven and earth been the same since the beginning? This is the condition of today's world. People deem it strange to lecture on Book of Revelation. Isn't the Book of Revelation precious? The Lord himself said that those who re uh, read, hear, and keep these words are blessed. But anyone who denies the Book of Revelation, no matter how honorable they may be, we must not accept their teachings because their spirit is unholy, but rather a false spirit. We must remember what the Lord has said here and be spiritually awake. However, there is nothing to fear for the saints who are awake because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives testimony through the Apostle Paul. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Holy Spirit is clearly comforting Apostle Paul. For yourselves, Know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh 
as a thief in the night. But when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as, tra uh, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that th that, that day should overtake you as a thief. Who are these brethren? Those who have received Jesus Christ, who had all sins forgiven, and have been born again by the Holy Spirit. They are people who live with hope in heaven. Those in the Lord are the brethren. No matter how close we are to our own siblings and relatives, we cannot be called brothers unless we are in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we have neighbors closer than our blood relatives. True neighbors are brothers and sisters who have been born again by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is precious to share first with our believing brothers and sisters, and then with the unbelieving blood relatives and friends, so that we can share the gospel with them, and that they too can become brothers and sisters in Christ, thus fulfilling the words, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We are not in the dark. Those who have received Jesus Christ have been born again by the Holy Spirit are not in darkness, but in the light, because that day will not come suddenly as a thief, for the Holy Spirit clearly teaches them through the Word. We do not know for certain the exact day or the exact hour, but He will surely keep us awake and let us hear the voice of Jesus Christ calling our name. Therefore, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Those who hear will rise. These words in John 10 are speaking of the resurrection of the dead, hearing the voice of the Lord calling his children and flocks from the grave when the Lord comes in an aerial descent. We will experience this amazing transformation from mortal into an immortal, corruptible into incorruptible body. Let us read Revelation 3 verse 4. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. A few names that have not defiled their garments. As we heard last time, there were great evangelists like Wycliffe, John Huss, and Savonarola. These few people at the time were shining the light in the darkness, and the light continues to shine this day, as that we may be saved by believing in Jesus Christ. If you have not yet received Jesus Christ, please do so at this hour and receive the blessing of being forgiven of all your sins and being born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Here we see white garments. They shall walk with me in white. Revelation 3.18 and 16.15 again mentions the white garments. And in Revelation 19 says the white garments are the righteous deeds of the saints. The saints own righteousness. We are saved through faith in believing Jesus Christ. 
After salvation, we are to wear the fine linen clothes, the white garments, the righteous works performed as believers. It can be called construction salvation. There are rewards by building a house on top of the foundation of Jesus Christ. Even after a Christian is saved, he will stand before the judgment seat of Christ in the garment of good works. There are two judgments. Unbelievers will be judged at the great white throne of God at the end of the millennium and will fall into the eternal lake of fire along with hell itself. Those who have received Jesus Christ and are saved now will not be judged on their body, but only what they have done. This judgment is described in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1-10. through 10. Judgment for what they have done, the works. The final chapter in book of Revelation also says the Lord is coming soon to reward us for our deeds. Among the names that appear in church history at this time were small groups, such as the Anabaptists, Waldensians, Albigenses, uh, Lollard, Paulicians, and the Moravians. Pastor John Wesley received grace and was born again through the Moravian Christians. Back then, the Roman Catholics admitted newborn babies by baptism through sparkling water on them. But that's not how you get saved, is it? Salvation is when I truly receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Going into the water doesn't save you, right? We are saved solely by faith. Entering into water is to confirm salvation and to declare it before God and man. The name Anabaptist means one who baptizes again. Their persecutors named them this, referring to the practice of baptizing uh, people, persons, when they, when they converted or declared their faith in Christ even if they had been baptized as infants. Now back to Revelation 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Here we see an overcomer. In the age of grace, God's children overcome the world by faith as 1 John 5:4 says for whatsoever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith in other words those who are born again of the holy spirit through faith in jesus christ will never have their name erased from the book of life the apostle paul testified clearly after romans 8.30, that nothing can separate us from the love that is in Jesus Christ. We can see it clearly. Neither death, nor angels, nor present things, things of future, nor tribulation, nor persecution can separate us from the love of God in Christ. 
we turn to Revelation 3 verse 6, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. This was an era of bloody persecutions. Nonetheless, there were some great preachers. The stronger the darkness, the brighter the light shines. People like Jan Milich, Peter Waldo, Colin, Tyndale, Wycliffe, Huss, Savonarola. They preached in Germany, France, Switzerland, and Spain. Their bold preachings made the Roman Empire very uncomfortable at the time. So around year 1200, the two popes even claimed each other as the Antichrist because they were pierced with the correct doctrine. As we mentioned last time, during this time period, many street preachers were killed for exposing the true identity of the Roman Catholics through the book of Revelation. It must not be forgotten. It must be remembered. Because it will appear again in the form of Babylon the Great in the time of tribulation. We will continue to study about the Church of Philadelphia. The Church of Philadelphia exists, existed between 1500 and 1900. The name represents the period of church during, the, during this time. The name Philadelphia means brotherly love. What was truly a brotherly love at that time? That is absolute love. Love thy neighbor as thyself. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What is God's love? What is brotherly love? First is giving the gospel of eternal life. Then after you have spiritual saving, giving physical provisions is real brotherly love. These are the words of the Lord to love thy neighbor as thyself. The King James Bible calls this divine love, charity. God's love and human love are different. Eros, philia, storge, love between friends, love between a man and a woman, and love between family members. These three are not absolute love but ultimately love for oneself. It may seem like you love the other person, but in reality, you're just loving yourself. Our Lord's love is agape. The absolute love of God is that He loved us so much that He killed Himself. This is the absolute divine love that gives life unto the dead. Now, Let's read the words given to the church in Philadelphia from Revelation 3.7. This church has been not, has not been rebuked. This is the model church that we really need to be today. Revelation 3 verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, 
and no man openeth. Is this not the true body of Christ? It is the only church that has not been told to repent. This church went whenever God commanded. He said, Go and make disciples of all nations, and teach, and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This church obeyed his command to go unto all nations, the Great Commission. This is the highest order. When you're told, you just come and go as you're told. The Bible says, Come sinners, come and be saved. Then go, save others. It's a very simple message. The Bible is really simple. Nothing complicated to explain. God has blessed this church age. He brought about important progressive developments such as the Industrial Revolution, the Agricultural, and the Scientific Revolution. Especially Queen Victoria of England's era. The German translated Refor Reformation Bible was first translated into the English during the reign of King James. When the King James Bible was preached to the ends of the earth, England was blessed with which the sun never sets. At that time, missionaries were sent all over the world, including Carey, Judson, Gerford, and Livingstone were sent to India, Burma, China, and Africa and across the world to save many souls. And in particular, this is a church with an open door. Let's look at chapter 3, verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. This is a church with an open door. The church of Laodicea is the seventh and last church with a closed door. This Philadelphia church is not just a church that listens to the word of God. It's a church that keeps the word. No matter how much you memorize the word, it's useless if you do not keep the word. A person who knows a word and obeys it is better than a person who knows ten words and does not obey a single one. Obedience is better than sacrifice. No matter how wonderfully you worship, if you do not obey the word, it's all useless. The church was tasked with publishing the first Reformation version of the Bible, authorized version, in English during King James' time in England in the year 1611. In the years 1881 and 1901, the Revised Version and American Standard Version of the Bible came out, respectively, and eventually were translated into various scriptures over and over again. And we can see this going into the Laodicean Church. The Roman Catholic's translation of this Bible began a history of destruction of sound doctrines by adapting them to their own doctrines. We must never forget that in the old days of Roman Catholics, uh, Roman Catholics killed Christians by violence. 
But now that the world has changed, they have been changing the Bible so that the sound doctrine can change little by little. Especially at this time, self-proclaimed Jews appeared. Revelation 3 verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. And who is the representative self-proclaimed Jew? It's the Roman Catholics. They claim uh, the Apostle Peter was the first pope. The Apostles' Creed is from the Roman Catholic Church. Instead of the twelve apostles, the pope became a self-proclaimed apostle. Between 1500 and 1900, the Roman Catholic Church was spiritually exhausted. During this period, the Vatican went underground and reappeared after 1930. During this time, the Protestant biblical Christian faith spread rapidly and fully for a brief moment Around 1900, the popes seemed to have met their end. However, they made a revised version of the Word of God and replaced the 1600, uh, 1611 authorized version with the original text of the Roman Catholics through Westcott and Hort. In conclusion, all Bibles published after 1881 were basically inspired by the Roman Church. And this Roman Catholic Church came to sit in the cockpit once again through the usage of the Bible. Just as Rome came to power at the first coming of Christ, we must know that Rome will come to power at the second coming of Christ. Rome reigned at the first coming of our Lord. They will rule again in the future tribulation. A new Rome appears. This is the message of the book of Revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time we have heard the word about the church in Philadelphia. Now when we look at verses 10 and 11 about this church, we come to a conclusion. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, and no man take thy crown. This is the church with the crown reward. A church that preaches the gospel receives a crown. Crowns are not for everyone. It represents kingship. However, the Bible warns that this crown and reward could be lost. Do not let your crowns be taken away. You have to endure to the end. Preaching the gospel must be endured to the end as well. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. When is the time to test those who live on the earth? It is the seven-year tribulation 
right after the rapture. During the seven-year tribulation, there are no Christians left on earth. There are no more uh, no born-again saints. Of course, there are those who go to church and are not born again. But the true church is just one. No such thing as a big church or a small church. There is only one on earth. The church is the spiritual gathering of those born again by the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. The building is not the church. Therefore, after all the true saints have ascended, this earth will now become the devil's realm. It will truly become an age of lawlessness where the Antichrist and the false prophet will reign supreme. During the tribulation, the United States will also be a lawless zone. Aren't we living in hard times already? Therefore, Christians who have been born again by the Holy Spirit must never forget that the rapture is before the tribulation. How can we put a person who has been born again by the Holy Spirit on this earth? How can we leave them behind? All those people are going up. In this hope, after we suffer for a little while, when the Lord comes, He will take us and later, after the tribulation, we will come back to this earth with him and receive the blessing to rule with the Lord. The author of Back to Jerusalem once said, Even if you go to prison now and live for decades, you will rest for a thousand years when the Lord comes. So what's the worry? In this hope, we can see that they are living in the hope that they will ascend quickly when they die. This is the life of a true living Christian. Let us bow our heads now in a prayer. Father God, when we look at ourselves, we are very different from the old church of Philadelphia. Lord, I pray that the grace of the Lord will be given to each of us and all the churches of this age, so that we realize once more with these words, and when we wake up and pray, we can become a church like Philadelphia. We pray for churches to experience changes. Therefore, give us grace, so the amazing work of delivering the light of life to many people in darkness can be accomplished before the coming of the Lord and that we can become churches that harvest many souls. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, Amen.